Know Your Food with Lordy, episode 111. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 111. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I'm so happy you're here. It is beautiful spring in Oregon. We're having some light rain showers, some cool weather, but it's warming up and we're really enjoying the sunny afternoons when we get them. Uh, In the mornings, you almost wonder if it's going to be warm uh, because you step outside and you wonder, do I need a coat on? And even if you do choose to put a coat on, by the afternoon you're taking it off. And on those sunny afternoons, we like to go outside with bare feet, shorts, get some vitamin D on our skin and just enjoy at least 30 minutes of uh, being in that. The sun, the warm, getting the vitamin D, it just really, you know, when I come in from from doing that, um, it's the best I feel all day. makes a huge difference in how we feel. So I hope you're enjoying that. And so talking about spring leads me right into our tip of the week, and that is Easy Spring Ferments. Traditional Cooking School blog recently posted a roundup of spring ferments, 37 spring ferments with all your spring produce. You can check that out at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash spring ferments. So my tip of the week is to give you an easy recipe that you can adapt pretty much to any like hard spring recipe that you can cut up and chop. Radishes, carrots, peas. Peas are going to be a little on the soft side. This still works. You just want to adjust the fermenting time. Um, but this is so adaptable and you can create a new creation every time. So here's what you do. You know, you clean and wash your vegetable. So if you're doing radishes or carrots, um, make sure it's clean, then, uh, slice it, cut it into sticks, chop it into quarters, you know, however you want to break it up to all these even size pieces and fill your jar, um, like a quart size or a pint size mason jar. It's great. And then among that amongst those pieces you want to pack other things like maybe sliced garlic whole cloves of garlic uh, thinly sliced red onion um, herbs like you could do peppercorns you could do that pickling spice mix Um, you could do caraway seeds celery seeds mustard seeds uh, just whatever herbs appeal to you just get some in there Um, and then The magic happens when you put it in brine. So here's your basic brine mix. Six tablespoons of sea salt, and I like to use Himalayan salt, Celtic salt, or Redmond's real salt. So an unrefined sea salt that's still got color and minerals for those fermenting organisms. And so you need about six tablespoons of that for a half gallon of water. And good water, not city water. So if you're on city water, you want to make sure to use filtered water. If you're on clean well water, go ahead and use that. And stir until the salt's dissolved. And you can scale this up or down. I like to make a half gallon at a time because when I'm doing ferments, I tend to do, you know, several jars. So it it lasts for 
a couple days of, of just assembling these quick jars of ferments. Uh, so then you pour the brine over all the collected herbs and onions and garlic and that spring produce. You pour it over the top to fill the jar to with one inch of the top. Then you add the lid to the jar. And if it's a mason jar, you'll want to use the metal band and lid. Or what I love to use are the Pickle Pro lids that come from homesteadersupply.com. It's a modified Tatler lid where there's an airlock on top. So you just use that instead of the metal lid that comes with your canning jar and screw your regular metal band uh, around it to hold it down and pop the airlock in the top. Uh, the Pickle Pro is the airlock and the Tatler lid. All you need is the band. And what this does is it keeps your... Um, keeps your fermenting organisms, the gases they produce, it allows those out so you don't build up pressure in the jar. And the airlock, which is like this water barrier, presents, prevents the outside air from getting into your ferment. So it works wonderfully. Um, if you don't have that, use your metal band and lid. Anyway, you're going to cover up your jar as tightly as you can and then let it ferment at room temperature. Three to five days should be good. Really depends on the hardness of the vegetable, like um, carrots or probably the hardest one I mentioned, so that would be the longest fermenting time. Peas, maybe three days. It really depends on your temperature and stuff like that, but you can taste as you go along. So basically you want it to be softened, still crunchy, um, developing a sour complex flavor, maybe some carbonation or a little bit of bite to that juice. Um, when it's done, you uh, cover it might already be covered, but if you're using an airlock, you want to replace it with a regular lid and move it to the refrigerator. It will continue to age. You can keep, you can start eating them now though. So on salads, alongside sandwiches, on an hors d'oeuvres or appetizers tray, like with cheese and crackers. So that's a really simple spring ferment that you can do with anything that's popping up out of the ground for you. Be sure to visit our roundup of spring ferments at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash spring ferments because we give you ideas for fermenting all kinds of spring produce, fruits, greens, plus the couple that I mentioned. And they are tried and true recipes from around the web that we reviewed and vetted to make sure they were good. Um, and they just give you lots of ideas. So enjoy that roundup. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at ganalflins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it, too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So, if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. And the topic of today's podcast actually comes from a listener question that I wanted to give a lot of attention. So this is from Samira H. She says, I've been suffering from bloating for more than a year, along with acid reflux, flatulence, constipation issues, etc. I'm 28 and unmarried. Please suggest a remedy to get rid of belly bulge. Okay, so Samir, I'd love to help with this. I do want to start out with the usual disclaimer that I'm not a doctor and that I hope you can find a natural healthcare practitioner in your area to give you advice 
um, and that you need to do your own research and that these are just suggestions, not advice, um, um, and that, you know, you're responsible. I hate to say that because <laughs> I'd love to help and I'm going to try to help, but I just want you to, you know, I just want everything to be clear that I'm not a medical person that I cannot give advice. Okay, so let's start with a couple of those things. Um, and I, you mentioned acid reflux, flatulence, constipation. You mentioned um, belly bulge, bloating. So all of that is really related to digestion. So that's going to be the focus today. So we're going to start with some general digestion tips um, and then get maybe more specific. So first, digestion. Okay, number one thing on digestion I'd suggest is keep a food journal. You didn't say in your question what kind of diet you follow. Um, whatever it is, start writing it down along with the way you feel. Um, and we know that symptoms from diet can take, you know, um, minutes to hours to days to present. The idea is you're going to look for trends here. So keep a food journal for several weeks. Write down what you eat. Write down how you feel. Um, and as you do that, you may be able to see trends like, you know, within 24 hours of eating wheat, I have a headache because it happens every time. And when, when you don't write these things down, it's hard to tell. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't tell. Like I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me recently, and I was not keeping a food journal. There was this particular um, thing that I was experiencing in the middle of the night, and it would happen like sometime between 2 and 4 a.m. Over the course of a month, it would happen maybe once a week. And I would wake up sweating, extremely nauseous, like I was going to vomit, and I just kept swallowing over and over and over and over again. It was like, it was the strangest thing, and I've never felt so, like, sick to my stomach ever. And it would last for about 10 minutes, at which point somehow I would fall asleep. I'm not aware of falling asleep because I felt so uncomfortable. However, it must have passed because I fall back asleep, wake up in the morning, and I'm fine. So by the third time this happened, I was like, what in the world is going on? And what could it be? And then I started coming up with this theory of, I wonder if it's because I ate and um, there's a certain food that I was eating about the frequency of, of about once a week. And I thought, I just had that on this third episode. I thought, I just had that for dinner last night. I wonder if the other two times this happened to me, that's what we had for dinner. And so I just told myself, well, you got to pay attention next time. And so another week went by and I had this food for dinner, and I said, okay, you know, I wonder if it, I wonder to myself, okay, Wardy, uh, uh, this might happen to you tonight, so pay attention, and, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I also told myself, you know, don't dwell on it, don't really think about it, because you don't want to, like, prejudice yourself to have this problem, so if it happens, let it be, like, not because you, you know, were expecting it, or wanted it to happen, or whatever, so I did somehow manage to forget I mean, not completely, obviously, I was trying to be aware of it, but I didn't dwell on it. And then in the middle of the night, about four o'clock in the morning, I woke up with all the same symptoms, sweating. Like, I was, I mean, just so sick to my stomach. And then this swallowing, just needing to swallow, 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 swallow. Um, and, you know, I'd eaten that food again. So I knew that it was that food, <laughs> that particular ingredient, and the only reason I'm not saying it is because I don't think it's relevant. But anyway, I was having this symptom, this reaction to this food. 
and it was clear to me. And so I'm not going to have that food anymore. So this is what can come from a food journal, but maybe even more quickly than me because I wasn't writing it down. The point is the, there are trends and you want to find out if there are certain foods that are giving you indigestion, constipation, flatulence, bloating, belly bulge. And um, so the food journal may reveal those things. More things about digestion. Um, before every meal, you could have a tablespoon or two of raw apple cider vinegar or sauerkraut juice, uh, lemon juice. Um, you could put it in water if any of those are too sour for you to have straight. But the point is that they will um, stimulate your own stomach acids to start going. And stomach acids obviously help with digestion. So have that right before every meal. Um, another thing to look into are digestive enzymes. These are very helpful. There's one person in our family who takes them regularly and have been extremely helpful uh, to help with you know, indigestion issues. Um, we get ours from Radiant Life Catalog. That's, uh, I have an easy link for you, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash radiantlife. And you just, you can type in the search bar, digestive enzymes. Um, you want to make sure, no matter where you get it, if you don't get it from Radiant Life, look for an enzyme uh, supplement that has all the enzyme needed to um, help you digest all foods. So fats, proteins, carbohydrates, uh, and there's even different types within that. But anyway, you want an enzyme that will, a, a supplement that's going to help you digest all foods. Um, and as a side note, probiotic foods contain enzymes. That's a, uh, the, the beneficial organisms in fermented foods produce enzymes or, well, let's leave it at that. So that's another reason why sauerkraut juice in particular is so wonderful to have with every meal or a little bit of sauerkraut or something fermented with every meal because you're not only getting beneficial organisms, but you're getting those enzymes to help you with digestion. Okay, also helpful for digestion and just very soothing to the digestive system is gelatin or collagen that can be, um, it's already kind of like pre, pre-broken down gelatin um, for, from, from what I know. So Maybe sometimes gelatin is hard to digest. Well, you could go for collagen, and both are available, and I'll have links for you in the show notes. For more information about the wonders of gelatin, there's a wonderful book by Sylvie McCracken. It's called The Gelatin Secret, and um, you can check it out at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash gelatinsecret. Also, Sylvie was a guest on a previous episode. I don't have the number in front of me, but I'll include it with the show notes so you can go back and uh, listen all about the wonders of gelatin. Like I said, uh, it's soothing to the digestive system, and we just simply don't get enough of it, and we really, really need it. So it's a superfood, and it's a wonder food. It's sort of like nutrition's best-kept secret, except we don't want it to be secret anymore, so you could look into gelatin. Um, The ways you're going to get gelatin, homemade broths and stocks, Um, You can supplement with gelatin, like you can add gelatin or collagen to your tea, um, you know, a teaspoon or something. And if your drink is warm, the gelatin will dissolve. If your drink is not warm, you want to get collagen because there's no dissolving necessary. Um, You can add it to smoothies. You can just sprinkle some on salads. That's fine to do as well. You can make um, homemade 
you know, jello with nourishing ingredients. Like you can make jello with kombucha. Uh, we have a recipe for that at traditional cooking school. There's a lot of ways to get gelatin in. So you want to do that on a regular basis. Uh, another thing to help with digestion is um, herbs. So herb tea. Herbs that are good for digestion include licorice, cardamom, fennel, coriander, and ginger. And there is a tea that we love that we drink on a regular basis, especially this one person in the family who benefits from it. Um, the brand is Yogi, and it's the Stomach Ease Tea, and it includes those five herbs plus some others. I think some uh, peppermint and pepper. Anyway, it's delicious and very helpful. And so what you want to do is drink it with your meal or at least right after your meal, and you can follow it up with another cup like within the next half hour. And those herbs are going to help with your digestion. Now, I do want to mention, though, that you want to um, pay attention to that amount of water that you're having because I've heard some people talk about how liquids can dilute your enzymes and dilute your stomach acids. So you might find that you want to save the um, herb tea or the drinking with meals for after the meal after your acids and enzymes have already had time to work on the foods. So that's something to consider. Um, here's some other just general tips. Make sure to chew your food well. <laughs> Save your body the trouble of digesting huge pieces of food. Um, sit down to eat. Don't be eating on the go. Don't be stuffing your mouth full of food while you're like just crazed, running around, doing all these things. Relax. Make the meal a time to sit down and rest. Um, it is so true. There have been times in our life, well, this is an example with my husband, but um, he used to work outside the home, and it was a very stressful job, and he would get a stomach ache every single day after lunch. <laughs> and then we finally realized, you know, he just can't eat in a stressed environment. I mean, even if he sat down at his desk and ate it in 20 minutes, with everything that's happening in the office, it's just too stressed. And so he'd have a stomach ache. So life really turned around when he was able to uh, work outside, work from home. And so I don't know what's possible with your life, but um, hopefully you can work that into your life where you can sit down to eat. Um, now, you know, we talk about traditional food preparation methods all the time, and this is key. So the way that you prepare your food for best digestion is going to take a lot of toll off your body's digestive system. So um, traditional food preparation methods are like pre-digesting your food. Now, I'll talk about some uh, specifically. So nuts and seeds. So they have enzyme inhibitors. They also have phytic acid. And the enzyme inhibitors basically neutralize the enzymes in your own body from working. Um, phytic acid is a, a mineral blocker. So you get fewer minerals from your foods because the phytic acid is blocking their absorption. Well, the enzyme inhibitor is really what we're talking about here with digestion. So if you soak or sprout your nuts and seeds before you eat them, you neutralize those enzyme inhibitors so they're not a problem anymore. So that's where you know, people just simply don't get stomach aches from eating nuts and seeds when they start soaking and sprouting them. Um, I have free instructions for that in our free video series. If you go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash free, if you want to check that out. Other um, food groups, beans, same kind of issue. You know, there's these methods out there like the quick 
soak and cook. And we used to do it a lot, you know, before I learned about traditional foods, where you just put your beans in the pot with water, bring it to a boil, uh, let it and then t- and boil hard for like two or three minutes, turn off the heat cover, let the beans soak in that hot, hot water for a couple hours, then drain it, replace with fresh water, and then cook. So you basically shorten the soaking time to just a couple hours. Well, that may result in softened beans that are fine to use in your dishes. However, they are harder to digest because it just wasn't sufficient time um, to really um, soak those beans so the complex sugars don't wreak havoc on your body. What you really need to do is put your beans in warm water um, overnight or even longer. You may benefit from a 28 sorry, a 24 to 48 hour soak. Um, and, and if the water is getting sort of yeasty and bubbly, that means they're sort of fermenting. That's a good thing. Um, you don't want to go too far and, um, but a little bit yeasty is just fine. What you might want to do is after 24 hours, drain most of the water, but keep a little bit behind because it has some fermenting organisms in there, kind of like a starter and then replace fresh, warm water for the, um, the last 24 hours of soaking. So what I'm suggesting is that you just take more time to soak your beans if you're eating beans. Um, because the more you can do before it reaches your body, the better off you'll be, um, your digestive system will be. Uh, same thing with grains. It's just another example. So grains you want to do soaked recipes Uh, sprouted recipes or sourdough because all those preparations are going to neutralize the phytic acid so that you don't experience the uh, mineral deficiencies. They're also going to pre-digest it so the grain is just easier to digest. Um, Those are just general comments about digestion. I have some specific things to say about uh, some of the specifics you mentioned. So let's talk about flatulence first. Well, The food journal is going to help you narrow down what's causing it. You really need to know this. Um, I know, I'll give you an example for me. I know that if I eat a lot of dried fruits or sugar, I get gassy. Um, So I really have to watch that. I don't know what it is for you. What makes you gassy? Is it beans? Maybe you need to soak them more. Or maybe you need to not have them. you got to play with that. Is it um, sugar? Fruits? I don't know what it is. So... When you keep that food journal and you sort of watch yourself for, for those symptoms and where they're coming from and those trends, you may find out what's causing your flatulence. Um, it may be that simply flatulence is from, um, like, or I should say that your flatulence would get better if you start paying attention and doing more to support the digestive system with all the tips I gave before. Okay, constipation. So the biggest thing you can do about constipation is make sure you're not dehydrated. So um, drink lots, especially first thing when you wake up in the morning. And I've said this on so many podcasts. Um, But drink when you get up in the morning, like within the first hour, aim to have at least about like a quart of liquid Um, because you come off the night and you're dehydrated. And so you need to replenish that. And it helps your mental clarity, your digestive system, your elimination system, everything. You need to basically take an inner bath 
and I didn't make that up. That comes from Sean Stevenson, who has the Model Health Show. It's a great phrase. It's get up in the morning and take your inner bath. It's so important. Um, other things for constipation, if it's a fiber issue, well, psyllium seed husk is wonderful. And um, I think there's a brand where the, something in the name is India, but you're looking for organic psyllium seed husk. And you can put it in smoothies. You can also just mix it with water and drink it. You got to start slowly because if you have too much, and I don't mean just start slowly. Actually, I mean, don't have too much. Find out what the right amount is for you because you'll get gastric distress if you have too much. So you got to find that out. So start in small amounts to, to work up to the right amount. And like I said, you can have it just with water. You can have it in smoothies. We have a great recipe in the allergy-free cooking e-course with, um, I think it's in the grain-free section, and they're coconut flour wraps. And the, uh, the psyllium, psyllium seed husk makes this really strong gelatinous part of the recipe that holds the wraps together. And they're very easy to make, and they're very delicious. And um, we have found in our family that, you know, two wraps a day is very good for regularity. Um, another thing that could help with, um, constipation is dried fruits. So like prunes, raisins, um, pay attention. Like if you can't have the sugar because it really gives you the flatulence, maybe you can have some and you'll be okay for regularity, but not so much for flatulence. Just pay attention to that. Um, so that's pretty much it for, for the uh, constipation. Now you're talking about belly bulge, or we're going to talk about belly bulge. Okay, um, belly bulge can be so many things. I mean, it can be poor digestion, so all the things we've talked about before could just heal it. It could be you have an allergy or sensitivity to some food, and that's causing the belly bulge. I think probably the most common belly bulge, and I don't know this for a fact. I just know it from what I've read and seen. But um, in our modern society, modern diet, a lot of people have sensitivities or true allergies to wheat. So as far as I know, wheat is one of the most common causes of belly bulge. So that might be one thing you want to eliminate from your diet to see if you improve. You could switch to ancient grains like einkorn to see if you improve or eliminate completely. Um, another thing that could happen is just, you know, indulging in a lot of sugar um, not supporting the digestive system, so you're having trouble digesting foods. It could be just a general symptom of that. Um, some specific things to look into. I'd suggest you look into the GAPS diet if, uh, if the suggestions I've made before aren't helping you. Um, the GAPS diet is a specific gut healing diet. It's, it's very restrictive at first. It allows you foods that are extremely nourishing, and extremely easy to digest. So you're limited to well-cooked vegetables, well-cooked meats, broths, um, you know, and a couple other things like egg yolks, sauerkraut juice, and then you introduce foods as you go. So you might want to look into that. We have information. We have a whole series of posts on the Traditional Cooking School blog. Go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash gaps, G-A-P-S, to see all those archives. You can also, um, let's see, in last week's podcast, number 110, I talked about gaps a lot as regards to se in, in regard to seasonal allergies. So even though we're not talking about seasonal allergies here, 
seasonal allergies are another symptom of food allergies. And it's really, or I should say seasonal allergies are like food allergies or other just, um, it's all related to the gut is what I'm trying to say. So if you heal the gut, a lot of these things can go away. So you might want to go back and listen to that episode of what I talked about with the GAPS diet specifically. Um, I have a couple people that I recommend for GAPS. So we have Melanie from Honest Body, honestbody.com, and she has a bunch of resources on GAPS, including a class. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. There's also Lydia Shatney, who's a nutritional therapist and does a lot of um, consultations with people around the world with nutritional um, nutritional deficiencies, nutritional issues. Um, And one of those areas of specialty for her is gut healing. Uh, She was a guest on my podcast episode 36, so knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 36. In fact, some of the uh, digestive tips I told you earlier came from that episode, so check that out. If you're interested in consulting with her, because she does offer it around the world, you don't have anybody local, um, that information is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash Lydia Health Consult, those three words in one. Um... So other things, probiotics. I've mentioned this before. So it's not only um, having some sauerkraut juice like before each meal, but have something fermented with each meal. So whether it's pickles or sauerkraut or kefir or yogurt or kombucha, try to have some at every meal so that you can really start repopulating your gut and out-competing any um, undesirable organisms in your gut. Reducing sugar can be helpful. So if you're doing homemade yogurt, ferment it for 24 hours instead of 6 to 8. Have aged cheeses so the sugar has been reduced. You know, cut back on the fruits. Obviously cut back on the sugars, you know, maple syrup, honey, unrefined sugar and all that. If you have a sweet tooth like me, you could have um, stevia. That's what I rely on in my smoothies and in my tea. I really like the brand Sweet Leaf. Um... And I think that's it for you. Kind of covered a lot. I hope this is helpful to not only support your digestion, but to give you ideas for what things you can look at and implement. And Samira, I really hope that you start feeling better. And um, be sure to visit the show notes if you've got questions or comments. They're at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 111. And for everybody who's listening here, if you have suggestions for Samira, please do visit the comments and share away. We will all appreciate and benefit because we've been talking about things that plague a lot of people. As I'm calling this episode, uh, acid reflux, flatulence, constipation, belly bulge, oh my. We've all been there, and I'm sure the collective wisdom will help us all. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. 
If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.